This morning, our message is short and sweet and to the point. And uh, I hope that you are challenged in your perspective, not of who God is, but really just what thankfulness can be in your life. So let's pray and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, this morning, as we think about thankfulness, as we think about your goodness, as we think about um, our own lives and our own situations, may you challenge us and push us forward in a perspective of thankfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Several years ago, I met up with a good friend of mine named Nathan Henson, I was the assistant dean at Auburn Adventist Academy out in Seattle, Washington. He was the assistant dean at Upper Columbia Academy up there in Spokane, Washington. Thanksgiving was coming. Neither of our families were coming out to see us, and we weren't going to see them. And so we said, hey, let's connect. Let's go do something fun. And he said, let's drive up to Banff, Canada, where my cousin lives, and we'll eat Thanksgiving meal with them. And I said, this is great. So I drove over to Spokane, met up with him. We got in his tiny... Honda Civic, loaded it up with our skis and snowboard, drove all the way up to Banff, and we parked in the parking lot of the Sunshine Valley Ski Resort. We had no money, but just enough money for lift tickets, no hotel, and so we planned this well. We brought a tent, not for us, but for all of our gear, and it was a very blustery night, so we set up the tent and tied it to the rear wheel of the car so it wouldn't disappear during the night. Then we got all situated with blankets and quilts and, and, uh, and uh, sleeping bags. Here's a picture of Nathan all wrapped up. There he is, a couple of college guys just trying to go have some fun. We stayed the night. We were amazingly warm, woke up the next morning, went and shredded some powder, left and got in the Honda Civic, drove all the way to his cousin's house several hours more away. Enjoyed Thanksgiving, good times, friendly people, they treated me like family. When it was time to leave, we said our goodbyes, packed up the Honda Civic, hit the road, got pulled over by Canadian police. That was scary. We thought, uh, man, are we ever going to get home? And he just warned us that there were lots of moose around and that if we didn't slow down, we could easily die. So we continued on our journey, and the plan was to drive all the way back to Spokane that night because we had no money and didn't have, a, had, have money for a hotel. And so we were switching off drivers, and as we're driving through the night, uh, the sun goes down, it gets colder and colder. In fact, I remember the cold coming right through the side of the car. I had a pillow stuffed between me and the car because it was so cold. Driving along, and it begins to snow. And this, you know, you know what snow is down here? Snow kept coming, piling up. We were able to keep driving. It was just sl slow going, and we're just creeping through. And we're, we're realizing that we're getting farther and further out into the, the boonies. There's no towns. There's no houses, no driveways. There's nothing. It's just white landscape. We're going slowly, continuing. It's 11 o'clock. It's midnight. Nathan's driving. And, and about midnight, he says, hey, Matt, we're almost out of gas. Not much we could do. We just keep on the journey. We get to this crossroads where we have to go right or left, and we have this decision to make because the, that bright orange fuel light has been on for quite some time. In fact, we think we only have maybe a mile left to go wherever we go, so we have to make a wise choice here. The GPS tells us to go to the right, but there's nothing that direction at all. To the left, up on a hill, we can see a light. We don't have any idea what it is, but it's a light. It, it's some, something's there. 
And so we, we drive up the hill, and we find ourselves in this little town of about 15 houses, and they have a gas station. It's closed, of course. We, we pull in. It, this, it's one or two in the morning at this point. Uh, we pull in, and we go to the house that had the light on. Very awkward conversations happen at 2 a.m. with strangers in Canada. Knock on the door. Somebody comes. I don't even remember what they look like, but we said, hey, we need gas. And they said, oh, go to that house over there on the other side of town and talk to the lady there. She owns the gas station. And so we walk our way over there to her house. There's no lights on in this house. Ring the doorbell. Ring it again. Knock on the door. And this sweet old lady comes to the front door. Oh, she was the, the most beautiful woman ever because she could help us. We told her our situation, and she got on a coat, walked over to the gas station with us, and we filled up with fuel, and we were on our way. And let me tell you, we were thankful. <laughs> Being thankful is easy when you've just been rescued. But what happens to your thanks when everything goes wrong? Paul tells us to be thankful in all circumstances, not just the good ones where it works out in your favor. What about the ones that never work out? He says, be thankful in every situation, whether it's good or bad. One of my Bible heroes is, is the, uh, the Old Testament hero named Daniel. You know him well. You probably know his story, many of his stories. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You got all the stories. You got the prophecies in the book of Daniel. But the story that everybody knows the most is the Daniel and the lion's den. And there's a part in this story that I think makes this a Thanksgiving message because it talks about giving thanks. And what's crazy is that David doesn't give thanks after he comes out of the lion's pit. He doesn't give thanks after he's been rescued. He doesn't give thanks after the lions sniff him and realize they're not hungry. He does it beforehand. Daniel, because of his faithful service to God, he's climbed the ranks in this foreign country. Uh, he's, he's a captive. He's pulled from his own family and friends, and he's pulled into these, the service of this king, King Darius. But because he loves the Lord and serves him, he's climbing these ranks, and, and God's putting him in powerful positions. And at one point, King Darius says, you're going to be the third most highest administrator in the, con in the conference, in the, in the country. <laughs> uh, he ends up going even higher than that. Number two in the whole country, except for the king. Well, all these current guys, these wise men, they won't have it. They can't stand to have some foreigner be in here in charge of them. And so they try to dig dirt on the guy. Oh, they look everywhere. They look in his records. They look on the internet. They try to find any kind of stuff they can find on this guy to get him in trouble. They can't find anything except for his faith in God. And so they go to King Darius and they say, hey, king, live forever. Would you make a decree that says if anyone prays to anyone but you, that they will be thrown into the den of lions? And King Darius, the number one man, he says, we'll do that. And Daniel knows about it. He knows what will happen, and yet he's unashamed to serve God. And here's what it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. See if you can catch the thanksgiving in there. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. You know, when we read this passage or when we talk about this passage, it's always about 
Daniel's faithfulness and his courage. And it's all there too, but I've missed this part about giving thanks before he ever meets the lions. He gives faith, he gives thanks before he's ever in the pit. And what does he give thanks for? Uh, That he's been pulled away from his family and friends? Uh, That he's alone in his faith? That he's stuck in a foreign country? What does he have to give thanks for? I mean, Daniel knows the consequences. He knows what's going to happen. He's read the decree. He probably had to proofread it for the king. He knows what will happen if he prays to his God, God of heaven. And yet he gives thanks for what will happen. It's crazy to me that he gives thanks in all circumstances. Do you give thanks in all circumstances? The good, the bad, and the ugly? When the bills come in and you're not sure how to pay them, do you give thanks? When the doctor's face tells you that the prognosis is no good? When you get your test back and the teacher shows you that you failed? When the car and the appliances and the whole house breaks and you have no time to fix them, do you give thanks? When your kids seem to be slipping away from Jesus and there's nothing you can do about it. When you're attacked from people that are close to you that should love you and it hurts, do you give thanks? When you're questioning your identity and who you are, do you give thanks? When the bad times come, do you still thank God? I met a family many years ago, the Ortiz family, a wonderful family. Here's a picture of the dad. His name is Santos. Got a good guy with some cool shoes, just a, just a really cool guy. He loves the Lord. He's kind of a Daniel, really, especially in his family. He'd serve the Lord no matter what, always out front, always with his faith. You could see it. You knew him. You knew who he st- stood for and lived for. Santos had several boys. I only met one of them. His name is Angel, and it's Angel's story that helps me understand what Daniel's life is like and what Paul means when he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Angel grew up in uh, Cuba, I believe it was. He went to the northeast of America and became a rapper. Now, I thought about playing some of his music this morning, but I probably would get fired. (laughs) He, if, if he told you his story, he would say it like this. I had everything anyone could ever want. Fame, money, women, everything. He had it all, but he also had God tugging at his heart to live for him. So Angel at some point decides, I'm done with this. And as soon as he commits his life to Jesus, the devil wanted to kill him. In fact, very soon after he gave his life to Jesus, he got hit by a semi-truck. January 21, 2011. Hit by a semi-truck. It almost killed him. Nerve damage, surgeries, excruciating pain, broken bones, crutches, painkillers. You name it, the devil wanted him. But he couldn't succeed. Eventually, Angel moves down to Atlanta area, And uh, this is where I get to meet him. And uh, he's with his family. And he feels this pain in his stomach, his abdomen. And this is in October of the same year. And he's he's wondering, what's happening inside? And so he goes to a doctor. The doctor checks him out and does tests and and examines him. And and he says, there's nothing wrong with you, man. You're completely healthy. And so Angel says, no, no, no. You don't understand what's happening inside. There's something wrong with me. And so he goes to another doctor. And the doctor says the same thing. He looks at him, checks him out, does tests. He says, there's nothing wrong with you. And Angel says, there's something wrong inside of me. I'm going to die. And so he goes to a third doctor, and the doctor finds that he has over 250 stones in his gallbladder. 
The doctor says, if you were here more than an hour or two, you'd be dead. Uh, you're thankful to be alive. They do surgery. His life is saved. It continues on. Six days later, his brother is shot and killed. I mean, can you, can you put yourself in this guy's shoes? Uh, the horror that he's facing. And even though this story is pretty tough, Angel still thanks God for giving him the opportunity to tell his story. Angel, he gets this large money settlement from the, the semi-truck accident, and he's living there in Atlanta, and so he says, what, what can I do? What, how can I use this money for God's glory? And so he opens up a health food store in Buford, Georgia, the Natural Food Center. I was, I've been to it many times. He believes in the message of Jesus, and he believes that the health message is a wedge to open up the door to, to give the gospel to somebody. So he opens up this health food store, and people come, but Buford area was not the right place for it, and so the, the store folds. In fact, they sell it to somebody else that does something else with it. They're devastated, yet he's excited about what God can do and has done in his life. The story gets worse, though. October 18, 2014, Angel's driving south on one of the freeways in Atlanta, and uh, as he's coming along, 70, 75 miles an hour, some teenagers pull a U-turn in the median. You know where that sign says, only authorized vehicles only? They pulled a U-turn there, and he runs into them. Both kids are killed, and he's back in the hospital. Sharp pain, constant numbness. He walks with a cane, and he's in his 20s. Right before the health food store closed, I sat there right there at the cash registers with Santos, the dad, and Angel, the son, and I just talked to him. I said, hey, how's it going, guys? And they said, well, Pastor Matt, we're rejoicing. I said, what? We're thankful for God allowing us to experience this because it shows us what he can do in the future. What the devil's doing now is not as good as what God can do later. The goodness of God is so much better than what we have now. It gives us an opportunity to tell our story, and although he's experienced so much, he's positive, and he's hopeful, and he's thankful for the opportunity to use his story to help somebody else know about Jesus. He is thankful in all circumstances. Are you thankful in all circumstances? Do you find the positives in everything? Even more than that, do you trust God that he will do what he says. Like in Romans, Paul says this, here it is on the screen for you, that all things work together for good to those that love God. Do you believe it? Or how about what God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I love this verse, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. See, here's what I know. I know this church family is filled with people that are hurting, people that the devil is attacking left and right, He's hitting your family, he's hitting your self-esteem, he's hitting you from the outside and from the inside and all around you. He's attacking you from every possible way because he wants nothing more than to take your joy of Jesus away from you. He wants to ruin your faith. And I wonder, maybe it's time that we counted our blessings instead of looking at our problems. Maybe it's time, instead of counting the times the devil has hurt you, to count the incredible things that God has done for you. Maybe if we were more like Daniel and more like Angel, who continually would count their blessings and be thankful, even in the midst of fear and doubt and anxiety and frustration, I wonder if our lives would be a better blessing to others. 
This morning, I'm trying to think of ways to make this practical for you, and so you may tailor make it to you however it works for you. But, and it may happen here in this service. It may happen when, when Will plays on the organ here in a few minutes. It may happen later on this afternoon after you have time to think and process your own life. Maybe you'll do it on your phone and you'll, you'll open up a reminders app or a note app, or, or maybe you'll take out your calendar and you'll jot a note with a reminder one year from now. Or, or maybe you'll take one of the prayer cards out in front of you and you'll, you'll jot it down and you'll stick it in your Bible to remember you. Or maybe you'll go home and you'll take a, a, a dry erase marker and you'll write it on your mirror. But what is one challenge that you're experiencing right now that you can be thankful for? And may this moment... May today, may uh, this be something that challenges you moving forward as you think of the ways that you can be thankful in all circumstances. No matter what you're facing, let's choose thankful. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, today as we think of all the challenges that we may face, of all the ways the devil attacks us, may you give us courage to look past the hurt and focus on the blessing. May we be thankful for everything in all circumstances. God, we love you, and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name, amen.